Welcome to the Uncovered Podcast, where we take a deeper look into the ideas, companies, and entrepreneurs that are creating the future and uncover the stories you haven't heard. Uncovered is presented by PJC, an early-stage venture capital firm committed to supporting the next generation of entrepreneurs. We're back with season three of the Uncovered Podcast, where we're exploring the entrepreneurial side of VC. I'm here with my co-host, Rob May. Hi, everyone. And we have Vishal Vashish with us today from Obvious Ventures. How are you doing today, Vishal? Doing great. Thanks very much for inviting me. Absolutely. Um, you know, we're excited to dive in. Why don't we start off with, you know, tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah. So the cornerstone of my career was helping build Patagonia, the outdoor lifestyle brand. I was there for 10 plus years and, and most recently part of the executive team there. And the company just left a huge impression on me on how do you how do you build a great mission-driven brand, a great culture, great financial performance? And, and with that experience, I got kind of excited about, um, about finding more of those kind of companies or companies like Patagonia. And, and an opportunity arose where the CEO of Patagonia and I got uh, hired by uh, Steve Case at uh, Fall Revolution. That was my first entree into the world of investing. Got involved in, in very interesting projects there, uh, companies like Zipcar which had a great outcome. And then I am a Henry Crown Fellow at Aspen Institute. Uh, and, and there I was thinking a lot about this idea of, uh, of solving real problems in the world as an investment thesis. And friends of mine there said, you know, enough of talking. Why don't you do something about it? And uh, thanks to their connections, I got connected with Soros, Vidyar and Google, which resulted in fund getting back by them targeted towards the Indian market. Uh, and and that kind of uh, took me to the entrepreneurial path uh, of starting that fund from the grounds up in Indian market. I ended up investing there and uh, and and didn't want to kind of live in India for the rest of my life, so moved back to the U.S. and uh, and then went into the second entrepreneurial path of of co-founding Obvious. And so, Vishal, can you tell us a little bit about what it was like to get those first couple LPs? I feel like that's one of the hardest things. When you talk to emerging fund managers, you know, where did your introductions come from? How did those conversations go? And then, you know, how prepared were you? Like, did you have everything tied together or did you have to, much the way that startup pitches evolve, you know, as you talk to venture investors, you know, did, did your pitch evolve on that first set of, of LPs that you spoke to? Yeah. So we, like, as I mentioned to you, my background is a very unnatural part to VC coming from Patagonia and getting into investing world and then then co-founding a tech venture fund. I think we we got I, I got lucky because one of my um, co-founders is Ev who had taken Twitter public and uh, and so which uh, meant like I think we got our startup capital from my co-founders and we were able to kind of pitch in and uh, and uh, and then. Uh, we don't come from institutional investment world, so we did not know who the LPs are. And that's where kind of the world of, of pitching started. And like few people introduced us uh, to, to, to LPs and we pitched and uh, we had a certain thesis in mind and, uh, and we talked to a lot of different people. I cold called a lot of people. I, I linked in a lot of people and, and then it resulted in like a couple of, uh, uh, these LPs trusting us and investing in our first fund. Um, so, uh, uh, so I, you know, I'm sure like a lot of this happens in on 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 the company building side as well. Uh, 
so I went through the same process of uh, along with my uh, partners on, on, on kind of pitching. That's amazing. Vishal, can you tell us a little about some of the companies that, you know, once you kicked it off that you had the opportunity to invest in early on in, in the fund? Yeah, so we got to invest in really interesting companies uh, thanks to to the access a lot of us co-founders had uh, in, in our fund one. Uh, we got in, involved in companies like Beyond Meat, uh, which was reimagining you know, animal-based proteins uh, through, through their plant-based protein product, which went into the IP markets. Uh, in 2019, we got invested in Gusto, which, which is a company which has become a decacon, and we got involved in Series A. Uh, we, we are investors in a company called Diamond Foundry, which is a company building gem-quality diamonds in a, in a plasma reactor as a way to get rid of mining, which also is, is now valued really highly. Got involved in a company called Verta Health, uh, which is a company reversing type 2 diabetes, uh, which is, again, a company which is va- valued really highly right now. So uh, so hopefully get, that gives you a flavor. These are four or five companies we got involved in, uh, in our fund one. That's that's awesome. It sounds like you've been in some good ones and obviously Beyond Meat's done in- incredibly well. Can you talk to us a little bit about, you know, you sit on boards and, and invest in startups and you watch operators run their business. Can you tell us a little bit about kind of the parallels that you see between running a VC fund and, and operating a startup? Yeah, I think when you are starting a business, whether it's a VC fund or or an operating company, ultimately, kind of similar principles exist in business. Like so, so one is uh, one is like you you need to have a team, you have to have a thesis, you need to kind of have you know key things to kind of uh, key hypotheses and key key beliefs where you want to kind of invest and how markets are going to change. So there has to be a strategy. There needs to be it needs to be productized in a way that you can hire hire talent who can support. You need to also convince entrepreneurs to kind of work with you. So you need to be very good at stakeholders selling. You need to also raise money. If you don't have money, then you can't invest. You need to also manage those relationships so that they they totally understand, you know, what they've signed up for and 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 kind of cultivate that relationship. So it's kind of very similar to what what an entrepreneurial kind of journey is for an operator as well. I think the biggest difference uh, is uh, in 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 VC is like you are investing in a lot of different fo- folks and you are sitting on the board and and but you're not really building the company brick by brick, you know, as an operating company. It's a different kind of an operating company versus like I think an entrepreneur who's kind of focused on one thing is 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 building something very targeted, very focused on one comp- one idea. So that's kind of the biggest difference, but like the principles are very similar. When you did kind of like put all that together and, you know, you were in the early stages, what was the largest challenge that you faced when you were, when you were kicking it off or, or thus far running obvious, what's kind of like in, in your, in the path that you've been on, what's the, what's the biggest challenge you guys have had? I think in early days was because our thesis is, is unique. Our, our, our belief is, mission-driven, purpose-driven businesses, reimagining trillion-dollar sectors by solving, you know, big world problems, building a better world. Those kind of companies are going to outperform their peers. We call these kind of companies world-positive companies, these kind of entrepreneurs, world-positive entrepreneurs. Um, and, 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 and so the thesis is unique and where we focus on. So the biggest challenge early on was even we did not come from the fundraising world we were not a spin out of a spin off or a spin out of sequoia or any of the other firms so so kind of who lps are how do we get connected how do we build credibility 
uh, that was kind of the the hardest part at the start we all came from operational background so we we un- we understood what it takes to come build a great company so so getting connected with entrepreneurs and 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 relating with them was on the easier side but raising money was on on a challenging side because we had not done it and vishal i'm curious did that you know when you went out to do your follow on funds one of the things that we hear a lot is like those are actually the hardest funds to raise because maybe you have some good markups or in some good companies but they might not be you know blowing it out of the water yet and you you don't have realized returns which a lot of your more institutional LPs care about so you know what was what was that process like was that easier or harder than raising the the first fund for you yeah i think what we did a great job was on having a very unique and differentiated thesis in the market and we executed around that thesis in a very uh, you know kind of focused way and we have not changed our story we uh, we've learned from uh, our successes and and mistakes and 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 then once we went into fund 2 i think uh, we took all that learnings and the people we had met in fund 1 we communicated again and built trust um, and uh, and uh, in fund 2 we we were able to kind of get to maybe 8 to 9 institutional investors from two institutional investors in fund 1 and then in uh, in fund 3 the same process we continued to kind of do and and show successes and and we were able to kind of have like 90% of the fund was institutional uh, in in fund 3 so so it's it's a journey i think it's similar to kind of building an operating company it's, it's ultimately building trust a you need to have focus building trust with all the stakeholders including internal teams external teams customers and and showing progress you know day after day which which enables you to, uh, to kind of get more and more people involved in your your tribe you know you guys have been doing this for a little while now and one of the things that happens for a lot of startups is you kind of get into the market and you know the market shifts as it, you know as it matures it starts to play out differently what have you seen in the venture market in terms of what what's changed with lps or with entrepreneurs on on the other side in the time that you've been doing this Yeah so I think um, our thesis which is kind of solving you know big problems of our times is starting to kind of resonate with LPs and and our successes are giving them the level of comfort that this kind of thesis makes sense uh, so which has been kind of great uh, positive momentum uh, on that side I think from uh, from kind of where we invest I think there were certain areas which we were focusing on in fund 1 which did really well in other areas uh, they were challenging from from a venture invest investment point of view so we learned and kind of tweaked uh, our our areas of focus uh, in fund 2 and then in fund 3 um and yeah so i think it's 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 like an operating company i think you are learning uh, and and you are becoming better by by doing things which are bringing success and and learning from the failures and 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 becoming better. Vishal, if we if we shift just really quick to kind of the strategy side, um, you know, when you started Obvious, you obviously had a specific fund size. The rounds seem to have gotten much larger. I would love to ask you how you've adapted to that. Have you raised larger funds? Have you done some some larger co-invest funds because, you know, what we've seen is as companies progress and they do really well, you kind of end up with, uh, you know, you end up with some really large positions and you want to follow on to those positions. So we'd love to just from a stra- strategy standpoint understand, you know, what you've done as you've continued to grow obviously. 
Yeah, so we have stayed true to uh, to kind of see our seed and series A and and few series Bs as our thesis. Uh, and and what has happened is since fund one, I think the round sizes early on, uh, early stages have gone up. The valuations have gone up, and and to keep up with the market, we have continued to raise a little bigger size funds um, uh, in fund one, two, and three. We've tried to kind of put more capital early on to to own the same kind of ownership because, as you know, the math is very important in in, in portfolio construction uh, to kind of have enough ownership uh, to kind of make sense uh, from a return profile uh, point of view. Um, and in fund one and two, we were not uh, that aggressive in terms of uh, of, kind of doing SPVs or opportunity fund. We had like these amazing companies where we could have. Uh, you know, double down or triple down, but we we were not we did not pursue those kind of ideas. But in fund three, as we were investing in fund three, we did raise our first opportunity fund, where we are now now doubling down or tripling down on companies which we really believe are executing really well and growing really fast, and we don't have enough reserves and our core funds to invest in them. So so that's something which we have learned. And from a macro point of view, and you all also know this thing firsthand. I think one of the things post pandemic is. I think there's like uh, round sizes have gone up a lot and valuations have have gone up a lot. So we we have to be very we need to kind of be underwriting with the first principle mindset to kind of make sure the companies we are getting in in and and writing uh, and, and and investing uh, you know kind of make sense in the context of the price we're getting in. And how do you think about the the increasing competition? I feel like this the stage you're in is sort of you know you, you're getting competition from the top with the tigers and groups of the world coming down and writing you know earlier stage checks. You're getting competition from the bottom with like some unbundling of VC with like AngelList and more solo GPs and stuff like that. You know, have you seen that? How do you think that's impacting sort of the venture market overall? Yeah, I think what we have done is from a strategy point of view, like we invest around mission. We invest around mission in three pillars, like we call it sustainable systems, healthy living and people power. And in each of these areas, we have a point of view where the world is headed. For example, in sustainable systems, maybe the point of view is future mobility is going to be all around electrification. Um, and, and so we make electrification as a thematic area of focus uh, or in future of care, healthcare, it will be a, a move from from a fee-for-service to value-based care, and we make that as a thematic focus. Uh, or uh, in future money, maybe uh, building full-stack new models all around affordability, accessibility, transparency uh, to kind of uh, build a better financial systems. So we have a very targeted point of view in each of these areas. And, and the way we play uh, or we invest in, in, in this uh, this market is in each of these thematic areas, kind of build what we call a flywheel effect. Uh, and if if we have like enough concentration of companies, then it it enables us and our partners to become domain knowledge expert, and and that enables us to kind of build credibility with and compete with other folks. Like there are a lot of people who can just throw capital, right? Like, but but if the entrepreneur is looking in early stages to kind of have somebody who could have have a good advice or at least can be a good sound sounding board and and brings a point of view in that space through connections. I think then it becomes more than money. So that's the strategy which we are executing on. That's awesome, Michelle. It sounds like you guys are doing really well. And it's been it's been great to hear more about you and, and Obvious and, and your journey. So, you know, this is super helpful. 
I think from here we'll wrap. And, you know, if anyone wants to learn a little bit more about the Uncovered podcast, feel free to go to pjc.vc forward slash podcast. And thank you very much for your time today, Vishal. Thanks very much for inviting. Thanks for listening to the Uncovered podcast. To learn more about PJC and the Uncovered podcast, visit us at www.pjc.vc or email us at podcasts at pjc.vc.